0: We uh, started this series now four Sundays ago including today and it was intended to be three parts but last week uh, we found it was just going to be a little long for for digging into all of it at the same time and so we've divided it and uh, come back and hit it again today. We started out on this journey talking about uh, being transparent before God. How important it is that I just acknowledge who I am before a holy God not talking about who I want other people to think I am we all know how that goes but but really who I am before a holy God what am I in the presence of a holy God and when I humble myself like this and when I come to the place to where I submit myself to God through this this uh, acknowledgement of what I am who I am And the Bible says that as I study God's Word, the Spirit of God takes that and begins to transform my life. So we become transparent to transform. This transformation takes place where He begins to change the way I think, the way I act. He begins to change the way I worship. He begins to change so much of my life so that now I'm not looking as much like the world around me as I am the God that lives within me. that's the goal of Christianity, that we begin to look more and more like Jesus Christ. I read something on Facebook this week, and uh, I wish I could remember who posted it, and I wish I could remember who they were quoting. I think they were quoting uh, John Piper, but I'm not positive about that. But uh, in this quote, man... It's throwing me now. I'll be thinking about that through the rest. them. so I seem distracted while I'm up here talking to you. You'll know I'm just trying to figure it out. But one of the things that was mentioned in this quote was that uh, until we understand that we are in a war with the enemy, our prayer lives will never be what they should be. And I was thinking about this in relationship to the transformation that takes place. Because we have an enemy that wants to thwart that. He wants to prevent us from being transformed. He wants to keep us like we've always been. He wants to keep us in this role of, of insignificant for Christ. He wants us to be a nominal Christian. But as we submit ourselves to God, we humble ourselves before Him and we invest time in His Word, then He uses that Word through His Spirit to bring about a transformation to where we are changed from what we used to be. And He brings that transformation to, to the point of, of transcending so where we started last week talking about rising above that which is normal in the life of a nominal Christian. Rising above in different areas of our life to become everything that God wants us to be. Not, not just what, what we think is possible, but everything that God wants us to be. Because many times, in fact I would imagine every time, what God wants us to be goes far beyond what we think we can ever be. And so we dedicate ourselves to Him through transparency so that He transforms our lives, so that He brings us to this place to transcend what is normal in the life of a nominal Christian. Your first fill-in talks about why this is so important. Because a very damaging thing to the body of Christ is, in fact, a nominal Christian. A nominal Christian. Those that just do what they need to to get by. And why is that so damaging? Because God has called us to so much. God has called us to invest in His kingdom, to invest in His church, and to invest not only financially. I know that's the first thought that comes to mind when we talk about investing. Certainly, that's a huge aspect. But to invest with our time and with our abilities, to invest heavily in what God is doing at Mile Straight Baptist Church through our community, through our world. It's so important that we transcend what is typical to become what God desires. Talking about damage control. We looked at this last week when we said that one of the most damaging things to worship is one who doesn't participate, who just refuses, there's no gratefulness, or else their focus is more on themselves instead of on God. We saw that. So we talked about transcending in our worship, moving beyond what is normal to what Jason mentioned a minute ago, to becoming that type of a worshiper that worships God in spirit and in truth, spirit and truth. The opposite of that is to worship God in a false sense out of the flesh so that I come to church or I live my life in such a way that I say, God, you're the focus, you're the one I'm worshiping, but the reality is I'm wanting people to see me. I'm wanting people to hear me. I'm wanting people to acknowledge me. And so what I'm really worshipping is not God. What I'm really worshipping is myself. What a very scary place to be. God's not looking for that, obviously. But the verses we read last week said God is searching for people who will worship Him in the right way. Who will worship Him in spirit and truth. That's what God's looking for from us. And it's interesting as we move now to points two and three to see how these tie in together because, in fact, they tie in in two ways. First of all, they tie in because points two and three are going to be forms of worship. We talk about worshiping God. When we move to these next points, we're going to see that this is actually the way to worship God. So many times we think of worship as being the time we sing songs. But God wants us to see worship as a lifelong event, an everyday event, a 24-7 event. God wants us to see worship expressing His greatness through everything we do, everything we say, everything we think. God wants our worship to go beyond a simple time of singing songs. Certainly that's a huge aspect of our worship. That's not to be the only part of our worship. And so we move now to the second point. Your second fill-in is simply this. We want to rise above. That's what it means to transcend. To rise above what is normal in the life of a nominal believer in our actions. To rise above in our actions. You see, our next fill-in says this. A very damaging thing to lost people and Christians alike is, in fact, the unlike uh, unchristlike uh, ways or the un-Christ-like actions of one who calls himself a Christian. It's a very damaging thing to Christians and non Christians alike because there are a lot of people who are watching us. Some who are Christians who need to be encouraged, who need to be inspired, who need to be motivated. They're watching our lives and they're seeing how we measure up to Christ. And if we're striving for that, not that we'll ever achieve it on this side of eternity, but if we're striving for that, and through the process of time, they're encouraged to do the same thing. But if we're rejecting that in our actions and in other things, if we're rejecting who Christ is and we're determining instead that we're going to live like the world... Then instead of drawing them to a closeness with Christ, we're repelling them. We're pushing them away. And there are others who are not part of the family of God who are watching our lives. We've made mention that we're Christians and now they're going to watch to see if it's really real. Is it really meaningful? Is this something that's really significant in his life? If they see that, then the Spirit of God uses it as another tool to draw them to God Himself. But if they don't see that, they, Marcus is what we are, hypocrites, and they're turned away from Christ. Very, very concerning place to find ourselves. We're literally pushing people away from Jesus Christ. so what do we do well you'll see the verse listed there first corinthians 10 31 says whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all to the glory of god okay here's the the self-contained understanding of what it means to rise above in our actions whatever you do do it to the glory of god okay so that doesn't mean only when people are watching means all the time. In fact, I've kind of grouped all of our actions into two categories. We could have divided them much further out, but because of time, allow me just to bulk group them into two categories. First of all, I think if you want to write this down, letter A, our personal actions, our personal actions. Now what I determine to be personal actions are those actions that for the most part other people are not seeing. And when I talk about those actions that people aren't seeing, I'm talking about specifically our time in the Word of God. We talk about this a lot around here, and it's because I believe it is so vital to the existence of the Christian life, that we engage heavily the Word of God, that we make the Word of God a priority in life day in and day out. And I can tell you that even though they may never see me reading my Bible, or they may never see me On the other side of that issue, they may not know that I don't. They'll be able to tell if I do or I don't. They may not determine it's because I've been in the Word of God or I haven't been in the Word of God that I act the way I do. But they'll know that something's up. They'll know that something is is taking place or not taking place because my actions bear that out. So even these personal times, these personal actions that people may not see impact Christians and non-Christians alike. And we're either going to impact them positively or we're going to impact them negatively. So it's an impact. I think also included in this mix, not only our time in the Word of God, but also our time in prayer... This personal time, I'm not talking about when I'm praying over the food in a restaurant. People are going to see that. But I'm talking about after I've been in the Word of God in my personal time. Then I'm going to go into a place where I'm just praying. It's just me and God. He's communicated to me through His Word. And now I'm going to communicate to Him through prayer. So it's a a communication. If I'm just reading the Bible or I'm just praying, then it's a one-way conversation. And that's not a conversation. And so both aspects need to be in place here. I need to not only read and know what God says to me, but then I need to talk to God. How rude it is to enter into a conversation that we never engage. How rude it is for me to listen to God talk to me and then me just walk away and never say anything to Him. Okay? This is the mindset God wants us to develop in our personal actions. And when we engage a time of prayer, when we make much of God in our prayer, when we make much of God in reading Scripture, people are going to see that even though they may never see the specific actions. And it will cause us to transcend in our actions. It will cause us to be different in our actions. Now, the second part of this, not only are those, they're the private, the personal actions, but then they're also, what I'm just going to call, letter B, the public actions. Public actions. These are the things that people are seeing. Uh, Jesus said that people will see your good works and they'll glorify God in heaven. They're watching. They may not care about God. They may not make much of Jesus Christ. But when they see our good works, for some reason they're compelled to, to glorify God. they may not call him by name, but they're thinking, wow, there's something there. And so what do we do? We transcend. We go above what is typical in the life of a nominal Christian in our acts of service. People are watching. We go above and beyond what is typical in our encouragement of others, our support of others, in our, our times of of reaching out and and helping someone in need in our financial commitment to what God is doing at miles straight through through the different aspects of, of ministry and service to God we are stepping out and we're going beyond what is typical why? because God is looking for people who will engage him completely and God is looking for people who who will so invest their time, their talents, and their treasures that we will make an impact for the glory of God. And what we can rest assured of is that people are watching. They're watching what we're doing. And while it is true that a very damaging thing to Christians and non-Christians alike is a nominal Christian, one that's just going to do what he has to do, one that's engaging in, in very un like actions, it is also very true that something that is going to make an impact, it's going to do damage control, is one who is engaging in Christ-like actions. So then for those of us who have people in our lives that that are maybe away from God or they're not part of God's family, my strong encouragement to us is that we live what we say we are. Not that we try to lord it over them, not that we act like we're all perfect and and man, we're Christians, we can't make mistakes. We all know better than that, at least if we're going to be honest about it. That's part of this transparency stage. If I get this transparency stage right, if I acknowledge who I am before a holy God, then when it comes to this time, I'm not going to have an issue of trying to act like everything's all perfect with me and mine. Because I've already acknowledged, God, I'm nothing but a despicable sinner saved by grace. God blesses humility. And when we humble ourselves before others and we live out this love for Jesus Christ through our actions, then it will make a profound impact on the lives of those who either are away from Christ or need to know Christ. well. And so we need to transcend in our actions. Number three, not only do we transcend in our actions, but we also have to transcend in our thoughts. We have to transcend in our thoughts. Now here's the way these three play together. My actions and my thoughts are a worship or a lack of worship for God. You think about it. What am I saying if I'm serving God with all my heart? I'm saying, God, your greatness is so overwhelming that I have to do this. I cannot be a nominal Christian. In fact, I almost think that that's a conflict of terms, nominal Christian. I don't, I don't actually think that we can live in that state for a period of time without experiencing God's uh, uh, chastisement, God's discipline upon our lives. I don't think we can live there. And if you're able to, then you might ought to question your salvation. Because God has not called us to be nominal Christians. And so, God calls us to this place to where we are engaging in such a way that our actions and our thoughts, our very thoughts, are worshiping God. Because even in our thoughts, because we are not thinking what is typical, is a form of saying, God, I'm expressing your greatness through what I'm thinking. Now, why is this such a big deal? Why is... Me protecting my thoughts. Why is it such a big deal that I rise above in my thoughts? Well, your next fill-in says this. And by the way, once you fill this in, please don't put your notes up. I've got some other things I'd like for you to write in as we go. It says a very damaging thing to a Christian life is one's own thought life. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? I don't know... I'm not gonna ask you to admit this publicly but I don't know who's even willing to admit it privately I'm gonna admit it publicly here's one of my struggles my thought life and it really doesn't matter if my struggle is with bitterness or anger or lust or greed or desire for power or more and more and more whatever the case may be for you the problem is that my thoughts will prevent me from focusing on God and will cause me to focus more on the things of this world. Because I'm concerned about somebody getting a, a leg up on me. You know, I'm concerned because they put me down and now I've got to, I've got to retaliate or else people are not going to respect me. And so my thoughts, instead of being Christ-centered, who says, bless those who curse you, do good to those who despitefully use you. My thoughts are not God-focused. My thoughts are world-focused. And it is an extremely da- damaging thing to the Christian life. And so I have to be careful. What does the Bible tell us? Paul tells us Philippians 4 says, finally... Brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So Paul lays out for us a plan by which we change our thought lives. If you've been part of our Bible study on Sunday evenings, Romans chapter 12, you know we're working our way through this. We've made our way through the first five verses this evening. We're going to try to tackle verses 6 through 8. I wish you'd come and be part of that study with us. 6.30 this evening right here in the auditorium. Don't miss that. But there's a pattern laid out for us in these verses that the Apostle Paul talks about that he also talks about in Romans chapter 12, whereby letter A... We have to begin the process of renewing the mind. Renewing the mind. Letter A if you want to write that down. So the renewing of the mind. He tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, do not be conformed to the world, but instead be transformed. Transformed. There's a transformation that takes place. We talked about that two weeks ago. So we renew the mind, and how do we renew the mind, Let her be By replacing the thoughts. Okay, here's the thing. If my mind's in the gutter, if my mind is always focused on lustful things, then I can say, okay, I'm, I don't like that, it's not god honor, and I'm going to get rid of it. And I can mean it with all my heart. But the thing is, if I don't replace that with something else, then this is still going to be there waiting on me. And when that emptiness finally takes over, I'm going to go right back to what is normal for me. And so I have to take that which is wrong, discard it. The Apostle Paul takes, says take every thought captive. Imprison every thought. Examine it. Put it before the jury. Is this a positive thought? Is this gonna benefit me? If it is, then I allow it to carry on. If not, it's imprisoned and it is never released. It never has the freedom to occupy my time of thinking. And so when I, when I occupy those thoughts, then I replace those thoughts. And what do I replace them with? Letter C. I replace them with the Word of God. I embed the Word of God in my thoughts. The Word of God has to take over. There has to be the renewing of the mind, which means making it new, because the world has sold us on what's important. The world has sold us on what we have to believe is significant for our lives. And the problem is, as Christians, we bought it. I mean, it's been, it's been pushed on us from day one, ever since we started seeing commercials and reading newspapers and magazines. Here was the, the American dream. And we have to have the American dream. It's so embedded in our minds that we have to have a renewal of the mind. Our thoughts have to be made new again. And the only way to make our thoughts new again is to discard the old, replace with something that being the Word of God. So we engage the Scripture. We know the Word of God. We get so in-depth in God's Word that there is no time for thinking about these things that are damaging to the Christian life. And in fact, I'm going to go beyond damaging to say they are destructive. And they're not only destructive to the Christian life, they're destructive to families, to churches. We must be on guard. We must guard our thoughts. And so we embed the Word of God deeply into our hearts. Why is this so important? Because here's the other way these three are connected. If I don't guard my thoughts, if I don't protect my thoughts, there is no way my actions are going to be what they're supposed to be before God and if my thoughts and my actions are not what they're supposed to be before god i'm going to be worshiping god in a false fleshly way instead of worshiping god in spirit and in truth you say okay but why does that matter to me well i think apart from the fact that we've already seen that those who are christian and non-christian alike are. Challenged significantly by our lives, our actions, our thoughts. And therefore, we have a responsibility before them, before God, to live in a certain way that will draw them closer to Christ. But I think you also need to know, and we talked about this in stage one of this study, and that is that there's an emptiness inside of everyone that can only be filled by God. And people search to fill that emptiness in so many ways through drugs and alcohol and sex and pornography and and, and possessions and everything else you can imagine. They're trying to fill that emptiness inside of them, but they will never accomplish it because what's missing here is God in the life. And so the only way to fill that emptiness, to bring fulfillment and satisfaction into the life, is to fulfill the purpose to which God has placed us here. And the purpose for which God has placed us here is that we glorify Him. And we glorify Him through our worship, through expressing His greatness, through our actions, through our thoughts. And as we fulfill the purpose that God has given to each one of us, something incredible begins to happen. And that is that God gives us a sense of fulfillment in life. Why? Because we're doing what we've been created to do. We have fulfillment in life. So then everybody wins. God gets what He's looking for from us. Albeit not perfect, It's transcending, it's rising above, it's moving closer to the mark. And we get what we need because we get this fulfillment. It's it's this sense of peace and satisfaction that we could not find anywhere else. And those who are around us get what they need because they see an example of godliness. And so today I'm calling us to this process that we begin the process of being transparent, if you haven't done that yet, that today you just humble yourself before God, you acknowledge who you are before Him, and you confess your sin to Him. And once you've started that humbling process, that you ask God to embed your heart in the Word of God, and you so engage the Scriptures that the Spirit of God can use it to bring transformation into our lives... And once the transformation is taking place, that we continue in prayer and we ask God, help us to rise above in these areas of our Christian life, but not only these areas. Help us to be everything, God, you want us to be. Because when we get to that place, guess what? When we get to that place as individuals, when we get to that place as a church, then all of a sudden, that which we've been missing in the past, those things we should have been doing for God that we haven't been able to accomplish, all of a sudden, God is going to take our church and use us in ever-increasing ways as He sees that we are faithful to do what He calls us to do. May God make a profound impact in our lives And may he make a profound impact in the lives of those who are lost or away from Christ around us. Because we have transcended what is normal in the life of a nominal Christian.